Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Amanda. And my name is Nicola. And in today's episode, we'll be speaking to Jeray Fratorius, an award-winning creative entrepreneur and an active part of our community. Having taken part in one funding for all of our funding compositions, Spark, Fuel and Catalyst, Jeray is on a mission to amplify the greatness, visibility and growth of underrepresented founders and their allies through his independent SEO agency. Jeray is a recent graduate at Oxford Brookes University, where he completed his bachelor's degree in sports and exercise science. Born and bred in South Africa, Jeray moved to the UK, which is where his journey started, and he continues to reach new heights. So without further ado, we'd love to welcome Jeray Pretorius. Welcome, Jeray. How are you doing today? Oh, after that lovely welcome, I feel I feel gassed. Thank you so much. Those very kind words. Uh, I started this day uh, with a run, and if anyone knows me, I'm just generally not built for running so it didn't start brilliantly but after that really lovely welcome that is very kind there's very kind words there so thank you so much I'm I'm privileged to be here and excited to uh to to crack on and get on with it it's our pleasure to have you Jure you're all over enterprise support in general so we thought we might as well have you on the podcast so if we could start off by telling us a bit more about Viaduct Generation and what actually made you start this business yeah so while I would love to admit to the to the being part of the the initial start, I think credit must be given to what I like to call the founding fathers. There were three uh, black individuals who started this business, three black gentlemen um, that all went to my old high school, and they came and kind of came up with the the initial ideas of how can we go about actively supporting the black community after in the wake of George Floyd's murder. The the team was quite like seriously heartbroken by this incident and. They went about trying to formulate ideas of how they could to a- amplify the, the black community and help. And within that, Viaduct Generation was, was born. It, it started as like a, an opportunity to connect creatives and music. I think music was a big part of it. Creativity was very much involved. But then really looking at where our skills lay, uh, we found that SEO is a, a fantastic opportunity to, to boost generational wealth. And I was lucky enough to be invited in after, actually, when they gave me their first initial pitch, I think uh, it was 118 slides and I was like, that's ridiculous. Like we need to get that down to about 10. And I introduced them to Lydia actually. And they were like, wow, like, thanks DeRay. That's really useful advice. This is, seems like a really interesting person in your network. And the, the kind of conversation just flew from there. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm keen to get involved. The business that I was doing at the time didn't quite have the legs and I was, I was keen to, to make my next move. So yeah, I, I was lucky enough to be invited on, thanks to Fabio Imbalo, my now uh, co-founder and CEO. So yeah, uh, shout out to the founding fathers who, who made this who made this happen. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah, shout out to the founding fathers. Why are there no founding mothers? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what does, um, obviously you mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, you went for a little jog this morning just to kind of like free your mind just get you in the mindset for a working day but what does a normal sort of day in the life of Jure consist of oh it's it's quite varied so my role is uh, chief revenue officer so I'm kind of managing finances in and out of the business so I have to play good cop in terms of 
being the, the heads, head of sales, so to speak, but also bad cop so that when people want budget and people are like, so Duray, can we afford this? I have to be like, oh no, you can't. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tough balance, but normally I'll try and start the day off with some sort of exercise. My stress level seems to rise exponentially as the day gets on. Um, so I like starting it pretty low and, and starting with a, a fresh, clean slate, so to speak. I'll then try and get most of my like creative work done. Most of my most important work done in the first two, three hours, because emails can wait. Posting that LinkedIn post, that can wait. But replying creativity, creatively and doing real in-depth prospecting, that really needs to be done uh, when, I'm, when I'm at my best. So I try and get the first three hours done with kind of creative prospecting, really understanding a client and trying to really kind of unearth those, those, those problems that they have in their business and then try and find ways of, of capturing their attention. After that, I'll try and get through a little bit of admin. Uh, I'm very structured in how I do my work. So if I'm cold calling, then I'll have two hours to cold call and no one's going to bother me. I'm not replying to any emails in that two hours. I'm just cold calling. But then after that, I've got a bunch of emails I need to go and send out after that session of cold calling. So my day is fairly rigid. But what I have learned is, especially in this COVID landscape or post-COVID world, you really have to set those boundaries. Everyone's working from home. And as founders, I think there's this constant, I've got a never ending to-do list. Right? I could literally carry on working forever. There's always opportunities to improve. So if I don't say, okay, nine o'clock, I'm shutting the laptop, then I will just carry on working. So I try and set those, those boundaries in place. I do tend to work late, but I will have like certain breaks throughout the day where I'll just go for a walk or just go and cycle and grab a coffee. And that flexibility is, is a big reason behind why, I've, why I'm uh, so invested in, in the entrepreneurial route. That's amazing. And I think setting boundaries is something so important, not just for founders, but for anybody with whatever job they do, you have to set your own boundaries. So you have time for yourself and you don't get lost in, well, you know, your normal emails or whatever you think is more important when sometimes you just need to rest or for your own mental health. And like you said, through the pandemic, this is something that kind of got heightened more. So I think that's a really key thing that we can all take away from this. And you just want catalyst, obviously, our 10 week tech accelerator program and you were also the people's choice award winner so what does this all mean for you and also congratulations and what does it mean for viaduct generation it's very kind of you thank you it was an absolute privilege just to be part just to be selected as part of catalyst was an absolute privilege i was i was slightly concerned because i know that there was like this real emphasis on technology and on ai and and Speaking very transparently, Viaduct Generation doesn't make any technology. We sell some enterprise level AI powered technology and we sell access to this at a more cost effective rate than, than any of our competitors. So we do have an element of technology, but other people in there are building amazing AI powered technologies. And I felt entering the room going, Whew, we're going to have to work hard here. But we did, you know. Um, after each session, I would try and feedback to the team about what we learned in that session to really make sure that it wasn't just DeRay sitting on those, those courses and, and just kind of swallowing the information. But what I found really interesting was the people in the room, obviously my, my fellow Catalyst members, but also the mentors and the interesting speakers. Some of them I'm still meeting with today. Some of them have become kind of mentors and partners of Viaduct Generation. And it's, it's, it's made a massive impact, not only at the, the monetary financial benefits and uh, the, the obvious like 
like amazing feeling of of winning people's choice awards was 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 amazing i was competing with uh, my lecturer was was one of the one of the people that i was up against you know so to to win that uh, was was truly quite a, quite an amazing feeling but um yeah uh, we feel very proud and uh, viaduct generation are, are forever in debt so thank you very much Oh, no, I'm so sure that all your mentors are grateful for meeting you as well and just kind of seeing the growth of your business from where you started to where you are now. And I think it's just it's such an amazing journey. I think as a as a recent Brooks graduate, could you tell us a little bit more about how your degree actually helped you to get to where you are today? And are there any sort of previous experiences that were key in helping you embark on this journey? Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to give you the answer that you're looking for here, but um, you asked you asked for the raw and honest truth, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll be honest with you. If, no. <laughs> if, if my degree was able to just say, hey, here's £40,000 and go out, can you live for, for three years on that? I would have taken that option. Don't get it wrong. I think Oxford Brooks is a fantastic university, but I chose the wrong course. I shouldn't have studied sports and exercise science. I met some really interesting people and I'm very grateful to my lecturers who constantly pushed me and, and tested me. But being very transparent, my degree didn't help much, except it meant that I had three years of not having to work for someone, which meant I was able to, to take the, the opportunities that came my way. I said it after my first year and I'll say it again. The best part about Oxford Brooks University is Brooks Enterprise Support. Oh, we love to hear that. We know you're genuinely our biggest fans. So that's why <laughs> he has to be on the podcast. I was talking with Amanda and we're like, we have to have Jure. Who else could it be? Oh, that's amazing. And it's it's nice to hear that, you know, a lot of people I think do go through university and they think that is not the course I needed to do. So it's nice to hear it come from somebody like you, who's just, you know, working their way up and is starting to be quite successful. So kind of looking on the flip side, what are the two, like two of the biggest obstacles that you've had to face to date and how exactly were you actually able to push forward, move through and find sort of the, the light at the end of the tunnel? I think one definitely is a kind of imposter syndrome. I think it's, it's crazy. Like you, you say someone who's en route to being successful and I'm like, wow, thanks. And I, don't, I wasn't aware of it yet, but it's, it's one of those ones where like, I think when you are so tunnel focused and you're so like, driven to make that one goal happen and and focused on that you can sometimes lose perspective of how far you've come so i think overcoming that that imposter syndrome is is one one massive thing for me the one thing that i've been able to do to to do that is just journaling once twice a week just kind of noting where i am and then every now and then looking back and going oh could you believe starting a website was a trouble i now start websites for countless businesses and it's 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 nice to see that right so i think the biggest thing for me was definitely imposter syndrome secondly was time management hey like i am a, a very social person i love meeting new people um and i've got other commitments outside viaduct generation i love i love keeping active and i think I listened to something today, actually, on a, on a, on a podcast on my, on my run this morning, and it spoke about um, there was this donkey. I can't remember the actual donkey's name now, but there was this donkey that was both hungry and thirsty, right? And this donkey couldn't decide if it wants to eat or if it wants to, to drink water. It had both options available, and it actually ended up dying of thirst because it couldn't make the decision. And if it could only do things sequentially had a sip of water and then maybe had some food then it would have been happy and alive to this day but quite often we're um we try and do twenty-five thousand things at once and end up not doing one of them well 
Um, so uh, I think one of the, my biggest things is blocking out those things that maybe I needed to at least for a year, two years, block out some of the things that, that bring me joy, focus on one thing, focus on viaduct generation, make sure this is a success um, and then we can get to everything else later. So having that focus, I guess, is, is another obstacle that I've had to overcome and uh, yeah, still on that journey, still, still getting better and better at it. Absolutely. But I do have one other question for you. Was the donkey's name Nicola? <laughs> <laughs> that was not necessary, Amanda. It's about Jure. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, so obviously a little bit earlier, you mentioned that, you know, if you're sort of going at that sort of rate, you're, you need to set sort of your own sort of time boundaries and you need to manage your time properly to make sure that you have time for yourself and your work. But when does the innovation and creativity for new ideas ever slow down when, you, when you're starting a business or, or does it slow down? You know, do you ever have a break of creativity or do you just have to kind of keep running with it? I think it's a really good question. Um, and I think it changes depending on, on the different businesses that you're in, right? So uh, for us, for example, we have identified a, a route to market. We've identified marketing strategies that seem to work. Um, and we identified um, the culture that we need that is uh, attracting people to work for Viaduct Generation. Now, it's about making sure that, that that wheel continues to move, right? And making sure that we get we can streamline those processes to the best um, the best we can. I think future in future, once we try and diversify, we don't just want to be SEO agency forever. We want to try and add on things like pay-per-click. We would love to bring on some social media experts later down the line and be able to holistically serve our underrepresented uh, founders in the best way we can, not just specifically to SEO. So when that opportunity comes, when we think, okay, you know what, we've got enough money in the bank account now, we can take some risks again, then, um, then I think we'll have to ramp up that innovation and creativity. Um, I think it changes for, for different businesses. And um, yeah, I think, I think for us right now, it's a period where we need to keep our head down, focus on attracting more and more clients, building the team and getting better at what we do. That sounds like a great strategy, really. It's not just about keep going and going and going. Sometimes you just need to stop, focus, sort out what needs to be sorted out. Then you have time later to kind of build on that creativity. And you talked about this a little bit. You said about your team. And obviously that is not just you behind Viaduct Generation, but who else makes up the entire team? Are there any plans for the team to grow or are you kind of still finding your way through what needs to be added into the business or, you know, resources that need to be put in? No, very much so. I've got an incredibly talented leadership team. Um, I'll give them all a shout out now. So first and foremost is my CEO and co-founder Fabio Embalo. Um, a absolutely amazing man, father, and one of my best friends. We've been friends for over a decade now. Um, funny enough, I, I remember rocking up into high school, right? And I was like, coming from South Africa, I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to be the exotic guy, like with this like cute accent, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a great time. Fabio turns up, Spanish, pretty boy from Barcelona. Oh, model. I was like, are you joking? Like, what is my luck? But I was angry at him then, but he, he's kind of made it back now. So um, he's, he's amazing and I, I love working with him. I speak to him every, every day. Um, and then I've got two other people in my leadership team, which is Noemi Almawi. She's our head of marketing. She's also based out of Barcelona. 
um, and Danny Davies, who is our head of content. Um, we've all been friends for a very, very long time. Um, so it's great having that relationship whereby um, we can kind of be very transparent and honest with each other because of the, the prior friendship. Um, not to, there's that advice, don't, don't work with your friends in business. And I think um, that's a, a probably a worthwhile piece of advice when things aren't going well, right? Because then having to have those tough conversations with friends is, is fairly challenging and it might impact your business if you delay it too much. But when things are going well, there's no greater feeling than um, building something with, with people you know, love and care about. So big shout out to not only my leadership team, but everyone involved with Viaduct Generation, from the mentors in Lydia um, to um, the amazing uh, people and partners like Amanda Dickens that are, are, are forwarding us um, and bringing us uh, to greater heights. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be... I couldn't be proud of where VG is now. Um, at the moment, we are looking for um, uh, more web developers and more content writers. So if anyone out there um, is a um, English literature or language student or a computer science student and you're looking to get involved, please do reach out um, at info at viaductgen.com. Sorry for the plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> I don't know if we asked you before, but what is an SEO agency? just for anyone that's wondering. Yeah, no worries. Um, so it's uh, the definition is search engine optimization. Um, and essentially what that means is when you type in a term into Google, um, there are a couple of ads that pop up first and foremost, but I don't know if you're anything like me, I tend to avoid them. Um, partly because every time I click on that ad, it costs the business, whoever put it there, money. So I almost feel guilty if I don't go ahead and make a purchase. So I try and avoid that and I scroll down to the first result on, on Google. Um, and that's what we do. We try and help underrepresented founders sell their products or services um, quicker um, and more effectively by being um, first, uh, first on Google. That, that's, our, that's what we do. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying. And um, I know that, okay, earlier on you said that your your degree didn't help you too much in terms of starting or, you know, um, sort of developing Viaduct Generation. But I do remember you started a few businesses beforehand. Um, so do you think that they were successful? Would you say that they were successful? Um, and if so, in, in what kind of way? Or could you just tell us more about your journey of entrepreneurship? Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Um, it's a, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were successful. No. Um, so I, first and foremost, I was working with a company called Siren Training. This is definitely a successful business. If anyone is looking for first aid training, Siren Training is an um, amazing company um, that I've really been able to kind of make what is traditionally quite boring, right? First aid training, like, come on. But they really find a way to make it fun and informative, which means that you end up remembering a lot of those things. And they brought me in as their first employee. Um, at the time, I think they were turning over like 80,000 pounds. Um, um, and by the end of it, they, they just, by the, by the time I left, they had just missed a million. Um, but I saw that scale. I saw that growth. I was the first employee there and I was able to kind of just like soak it all in. Um, I saw the way that the founders were able to try and hire people in that could do things better than they could. Um, and that was something I, I really learned well in that if you're going to start something, it's not all on you. Find others who can do it better than you and let them go ahead and do that. Um, 
so um, thank, thankful to Siren for, for their part in, in that journey. They were able to, to show me the rope, so to speak. And before this, I had worked for, for kind of corporate companies like Softcat and IBM and, and done my fair share of pine, pine pulling behind the bar. So know, know the grind. But um, Siren was probably like my first step into the entrepreneurial journey, if you will. Uh, through that, I was able to develop a business called Blue Light Academy, which was um, enabling emergency services to uh, start a secondary uh, career as first aid trainers and then kind of sourcing them out to multiple first aid training companies. Um, this was okay. It was it was it was developing a, a decent side income without putting in too much work for me. Uh, I'm always a fan of multiple streams of income, so um, definitely uh, definitely something that was that was good at the time and kept me busy and kept me thinking. Um, however, COVID um, made a first aid train the trainer business incredibly difficult. I was unable to pivot um, to an online model in in the in the time. Um, so unfortunately it crashed and burned i think the website is still going actually uh i think we're going to use it as a like a demo for um uh, for seo and like call up companies and be like hey you know we're ranking ahead of you and we don't actually exist maybe we should do your seo i think that's going to be the plan uh with blue light academy but um yeah i think it's it was really successful in that it was able for me to develop the reputation um that got me invited to viaduct generation so without having Blue Light Academy, I don't think I would have been able or been offered the opportunity. So in that case, yes, very successful. Amazing. That's really nice to hear because, you know, somebody who probably started listening to the podcast thought, oh, he just tried on his first attempt with Vida Generation, got it right. But after hearing that, they're like, okay, no, he went through his ups and downs. He found his connections through. And that's how now he's starting to be successful in what he's wishing to do and you talked about your routine earlier and how you're kind of set in what you do at certain times so what would you actually be doing right now if you weren't here stuck with Amanda and I um I would be doing nothing else first and foremost I'm very grateful to be here and um as I'm sure you both know I love the sound of my own voice so um I'll be listening back to this um many many times but if I wasn't I would definitely be on the phone um it's early in the morning it's a Friday who doesn't love a cheeky cold call on a Friday um, so I'd probably be on the phone trying to drum up some business, um, speaking to clients, either um, those that have requested demos or re technical reviews of their websites, or people that are, are just not doing a, as good a job as maybe they should do. And they're sitting on page three of Google where absolutely no one goes except me, uh, me and my phone. So yeah, I'd probably be calling people on page three, asking them what it would mean to their business if they were on page one. Amazing. And um you know, is there anything or is there anything you enjoy being more than a founder at the moment? Or do you enjoy being a founder <laughs> is the real question. Yeah, I think um, I think entrepreneurship is um, romanticized. I think uh, it's it, it's everyone wants to be a founder. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur these days um, because it sounds cool and people think you're innovative and you get to be invited on awesome, cool podcasts and all these stuff. What you don't see is last night at 10.30 p.m., me checking in with a client in the U.S. who didn't turn up for a call. And I couldn't go to London and be with my friends. I had to be here on a call for someone in the U.S. who didn't even show up. And it was just another reminder that it's not just this um, happy-go-lucky journey. Um, I absolutely love it. I love the challenge. I love waking up going, 
it's on me today. I don't have to, I don't have to blame anyone else on my uh, success or failure. This is, this is on me. So I, I love that challenge, but um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that, that can bring you more instant joy than being a founder. It takes a, a lot of hard work. So I would um, just do, if you, anyone is interested in taking the entrepreneurial journey, I would just um, remind them that it isn't all it's, it's bigged up to be. There are certainly moments um, that, that challenge you and to do some real self-awareness, you know, not everyone, I think Gary Vee makes it really clear. He says, not everyone's meant to be number one or number two. Maybe some people are meant to be the best number three or number four in the world um, or number 20. You know, you don't have to, if, if everyone starts businesses, there's going to be no one left to run them. So um, we, we, we definitely, I think I would advise everyone to just do a real self-awareness and real self-assessment to determine if, you really, really want this. If it's if you're really willing to put in that graft and work till 10:30 most nights, um, are you really passionate about this? And if so, then go for it. But if you're thinking, you know what, that sounds hectic. I quite like the idea of shutting my laptop at 5:30 and not having to worry about work and being on essentially being on holiday till 9 a.m. the next day. Then that's also there's a lot to be said about that. You know, there's a lot to be said about that life. So um, do some self awareness and, and decide if it's right for you. I think that's such a good point. Is not everybody needs to be number one. Actually, some people make a fantastic number twenty. And I think even if you are number twenty or number five or number seven, you can be creative in your thinking too, and you can most certainly be innovative and sort of entrepreneurial in the way you think as well. Um, for example, if you if you are working for an SEO agency or if you're working for an enterprise team, for example, and you're working in um, marketing or operations, how could your marketing strategy be beneficial and help the company to grow? Or how could you how could you make, um, for example, the the building the business model more efficient for example you know there's different ways in which you contribute to a startup um, which could be extremely beneficial in the growth of the startup too so I think that's a really really good point actually what, what you said definitely so at the moment like you're you're on this massive journey and you're you started somewhere and you're going somewhere, but then at the same time, you don't know where you're going. So there's like, there's like a never ending journey of just stuff. Um, is there anything looking back that you would do differently or you're sort of taking everything as it comes? Yeah, dif difficult question to answer, right? Like, um, what would you do differently? I, I don't think so. Nothing, nothing springs to mind. And I, I don't mean that in a, in a very arrogant manner, not to say that we've done everything correctly at all. We've definitely made mistakes, but we've learned from them. And I think if we hadn't have made those mistakes and we hadn't have um, yeah, taken that journey, then we wouldn't be here sitting with the knowledge we have. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Nothing springs to mind immediately that we would definitely do differently. Um, I think uh, just making sure first and foremost that the team is is the right because the idea can change, the go-to market strategy can change, the uh, product market fit can change. There's so much that can change, but making sure that you are sitting alongside people that are really motivated to to make it happen and to be a success is uh, is is where it's at. So um, no, I, I think there's nothing that I would potentially do differently. Um, I'm just really grateful for for having the right people around the table. Amazing. And so many people give different 
advice, you know, about being an entrepreneur and lots of general advice. What popular entrepreneurial advice would you actually disagree with? Mm. Potentially, um, I, I think at the moment, everyone's on this quickest route to funding. Um, and everyone's just trying to make a business that they can sell, which I get it, right? Like, that's the cool entrepreneurial thing. Oh, how much did you exit for? But like, how about let's just build profitable businesses that are impacting society in a good way? Like, how about let's try that first? Um, so I think uh, there's this there's this race to funding um, and everyone needs investment so that they can exit. And I get it. I get why people do that. Um, but uh, for, for me, I, I think that let's just build a business that is impacting society in a, in a positive manner and is successful and profitable. Um, so uh, I think that you can bootstrap. Uh, I know I'm saying that being the lucky person that's, that's won and earned funding from Catalyst and, and other opportunities. And there are alternative methods. You don't have to go out and seek um, uh, VC funding or, or or alternative methods like go out and, and find ways of, of making it happen. Bootstrapping is a, is a real thing. And it does mean that you can hold on to that equity and you aren't left having being a founder and owning uh, a tenth, 20% of the business. You know, you, you really are holding a, a decent chunk that can that you then can scale later down the line. Amazing. Now we kind of want to talk about you, you, Jure, your mm -hmm. mindset and what you're actually like a little bit. You said you're quite a social person. So that is that your general personality, very outgoing, or how would you actually describe your general personality? Yeah, very outgoing. Um, quite go, go, go. Uh, my head of content is always, um, always flagging me up for um, our kind of clash, right? In that I'm, I disagree massively with things that he agrees with and things that he holds um, very, very passionately. He's head of content, right? So for every piece of content that um, our clients are looking for, he has to read through um, our content writers. A lot of them are from Oxford. A lot of them um, are um, brilliant writers. Some of them have written for The Guardian. They are like established writers, but he still facts, fact checks everything and goes through everything with a fine tooth comb because that's his job, right? He's there to, to be that final editor, to make sure that it is representative for our clients. Me, I'm like a bull in a china shop a little bit. I'm just like, let's try that. Let's do this. Let's go there. What, what does that do? And often I find that perfection is the enemy of progress. Um, so for me, I'm very go, go, go. Let's try things. Let's experiment. Let's break things and fix them. Um, and I've got other people on my team that are the yin to my yang. Um, so um, if you are going to start a business, make sure you're not starting it with three people that are exactly like you. Make sure you have other people that have uh, complementary skills to you. I think that's so important because I think, imagine having three extremely extroverted people in a team, like literally everybody would be shouting at each other in team meetings. So <laughs> it just won't work. Um, and I think that's that's a really sort of important thing to note as well. Sometimes somebody who's not exactly the same as you um, might actually be the perfect, the perfect team member. So don't, you know, close your options because that person doesn't look like you or sound like you or write like you or anything like that. They could be the perfect piece to your puzzle. Um, so, and I've spoken to you, um, <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> just made a funny face. Um, so I've spoken to you about Viadoc Generation before and you've told me that 
you know, what you're trying to do is almost like leave a legacy with Rider Generation. You have a much greater mission and purpose. So actually how, just in your own words, how would you like people to remember Viaduct? Um, I think Viaduct is there to, um, to help others generate that, that generational wealth, you know? Um, it's not gonna be this flash in a pan. I want Viaduct Generation to be going for hundreds of years. Um, this, is, um, this is the start of something, something pretty amazing. Um, and if we can develop um, a community of people that support us and people that are, are in our corner, then I think we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be successful and we'll be able to help others for years to come. Personally, I've, I've, I've lived on the mantra of helping others get better for a, for a long period of time. And uh, Viaduct Gen is, is no different. Um, and what, what drew me to the company at the start was, was their, their very much, um, their focus on the community and on trying to help others. Um, we, we have a saying at, at Viaduct, like we are nothing without purpose and profit is great, but are we using that profit for purpose? Uh, which is why we give 3% of our profits back to charities like Frontline AIDS and the anti-slavery charity who we are official partners with. Um, but not only that, right? Not only are we giving back before we want to, eventually we're going to start our own Viaduct Generation Foundation. So uh, hold, hold tight on that. That'll, that'll be coming soon. But um, at the moment, we want, we want to leave a legacy. And that's why we want to build this business the right way. And at the start, um, really following the right procedures. So um, I think first and foremost, it's going to have to be the team, you know, um, making sure that we hire the right people that can lead Viaduct Generation for years to come um, is, is going to be paramount. Amazing. And this is quite a general question we'd like to ask, but how do you actually celebrate your small wins? Or do you, some people think, you know, they take the small wins and they're like, nah, we'll keep the celebrations for the big ones. Or do you actually spend time to be like, woohoo, we did this thing? No, you have to, right? You have to celebrate the small wins because like, especially at the start, they're like few of them. They're really small and they're really few. I remember when we signed our first client, I cried. Um, that was like a, a massive moment for us because we had been building up for it for such a long time. And we, we were in a really tricky situation where we just didn't know if, if what we had built was even relevant. Um, we saw other SEO agencies doing well, but we just didn't know how they were getting clients. Um, and once we were able to, to figure that on out and we actually got the money in the bank account, I, I, I just cried. Um, nowadays, um, we, we fist bump our clients. We, we, don't get so, we, don't get, we don't get that emotional over it. We still celebrate them. Um, and we still are massively grateful for anyone that believes in, in Viaduct Generation. Um, we've taken on some amazing clients recently, like Founded Tribes, um, who've recently joined us, as well as um, some other really passionate entrepreneurs and um, passionate people who are, are are also trying to to leave a, a life of legacy so really happy with the clients that we brought on board but every friday the leadership team gets together gets together from 2 till 3 p.m and uh we we just discuss what's happened in the week we discuss what what things we struggled with what things we were really happy about um and we kind of mention our kpis that we 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 were we're wanting to track and we we, we do. at the end there is that small wins what um, what what went really well um, for those that are looking for some sort of template from that like a really nice thing is Rosebud Thorn um, uh, first year a housemate of mine uh, she she taught me this and Rose is is something that um, you're really happy with something that went really well this week Bud um, is something that um, you're really excited about something that you've 
you've planted and is going to be your, your rose maybe for next week. And thorn is something that you potentially struggled with, but um, something that you could do better next week. And that's a, a really nice approach, rosebud thorn. Rosebud thorn, I'm gonna remember that one. Um, definitely to any listeners then, you know, do take this into consideration and actually celebrate the small wins as well, no matter what that is, you know, even if it means you woke up 10 minutes earlier this morning, um, you know, to finish something off, that is a small win, so celebrate them all. Um, Jeray, we have one more sort of question for you. Um, and I've really enjoyed this conversation today. Like it's been really great just getting to know both you and your business and kind of where you started. Um, so what would the best sort of advice you could give to someone who thinks they have what it takes to start their own business, but feels a little bit lost in their starting point? Um you can get stuck in an analysis paralysis. You can get stuck in that early phase of like, oh, like maybe if I do it this way or building a business slide deck of 118 slides, you don't need that. You need to start. You need to build a landing page, drive traffic to it and see if anyone's interested. Um, you can always test and perfect later down the line, but just get moving, get something started, build the website, Build a Google form to test if people would be interested in buying your product. Whatever it is, just get started. That's so, that is the most challenging aspect is, is the, the, the start. So take one step and, and move one step in front of the other. It doesn't have to be this amazing journey and you've got it all planned out because guess what? You're not, you don't have it planned out. You will change and you will um, uh, like change it later down the line. So um, I know this seems a little bit counterintuitive. What would you do to, to help someone start a business when they feel lost and don't know where to start? And I'm telling you to go ahead and start, but just try something. One thing that'll bring you closer to your goal of, uh, of starting a business, do that. Thank you so much for all this info, Jure. It's been such a pleasure to have you on Lost and Founded for our season two. Um, that's all the time we have for at the moment, but it's honestly been a pleasure talking to you and hearing your journey, hearing your previous journeys and hearing all the amazing rose, bud and thorn advice you have to give us. So where can our audience find out more about Viaduct? I said it wrong. Viaduct Generation and what's in store for you guys next. Uh, thank you so much, Nicola. Um, thank you again, uh, um, Brooks Enterprise Support and the Lost and Founded podcast for having us on. It's been an absolute uh, privilege. Um, I, I've been waiting for my invite, to be honest. I was kind of like, when when are they going to shout me? So thank you so much for, for getting involved. You you eased my, eased my fears. Um, Viaduct Generation can be found at www.viaductgen.com. Um, if you are looking for a, a free website review, I'll happily run that for you and happily try and give you some tips and advice to get your website to the top of Google. Um, if you're looking to just follow us and seeing what more we're about, we are very active on Instagram at viaduct underscore gen. And also please give us a follow on LinkedIn and that'll be viaduct generation. Thank you, Jeray. Thank you very much, guys. Much love. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week.